comes from Paul's letter, the first letter to the church in Thessalonia, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and I will begin at verse number 1. Hear the word of God, it is given to and for you. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, siblings beloved by God, that God has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you, not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, and not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to even speak about it. For the people of those regions report it to us. What kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom God raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The Thessalonians feel smashed and pummeled. Newly devoted to faith, there are pressures from every single side to return to the lives from which they had turned away. Their fear and their apprehension runs deep. Harassment and persecution is firing down from every angle. Fury and anger is heaped upon this small band of believers. The Thessalonians feel forsaken and soul-sick. Some of their members, their dearest friends, lifelong Lifelong friends have not only died, but died before the Lord returned. They're grieving. They feel lost, confused, abandoned. And in their hurt and emptiness, they want only one thing. Their pastor, Paul. But instead of opening the door to Paul himself, the postal service knocks at that door with a letter, an epistle. So grateful they gather around the table, they huddle around the table, 
They can't wait to hear these words because they know if Paul can't get to them in person, if he can't care for them in person, he'll send them what they need. And he does. He sends them vibrant words, not doctrinal theories or blunt decrees, but words of hope and affection. And they read his letter for all their worth. They band round a table, much like this, take a deep cleansing breath and dive into the phrases. They, they weigh the substances of his sentences. From their soul sickness, they hear the very best of encouragement. And it comes in the first line, grace to you and peace. I give thanks to God for all of you. My heart breaks because I care for each of you so deeply and I miss you so much. But you must hold on to this, my beloved ones. You are not at the mercy of your fears. For you are imitators of the Lord, for in spite of the torment and distress, you receive God's word with joy. You are not at the mercy of your fears. You may notice the cover of our order of worship. Go ahead and, and open it up and take a look at the cover of your bulletin. There's a watercolor, and it's a boat on the sea. And our staff member, Sarah Finbo, painted this for us today for this cover. And it's based on the logo of the Children's Defense Fund. You know, Cynthia Moorhead saw this on the cover this morning and then looked at the, the title of the sermon and she said, my kids have t-shirts with this written on it because they went to Washington, D.C. and heard Marion Wright Edelman. It's based on the logo for the Children's Defense Fund and the drawing, the original drawing is of a small boat on a turbulent sea and inside the boat is a very small child and above the child the words are written in crayon Dear Lord, be good to me. The sea is so wide, and my boat is so small. Marion Wright Edelman, the founder of the Children's Defense Fund, said almost 250 years ago, we as a nation have been dreaming of a time when we recognize that all of us are created equal and entitled to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. What a weekend for, to be able to hear these words. And she says, and I begin, I believe that since the beginning of humankind, God has been dreaming and doing that we will understand each and every child, every person is precious to God and fully cherished and that we are to protect everyone it is time to grow up. Dear Lord, be good to me. The sea is so wide 
and my boat is so small. It is time to grow up. It's hard to admit that the road to maturity is a long one, a lifelong one. For too long, we have assumed that Christian maturity is up to each individual, and it's their responsibility. We can believe that all we want, but our faith tells us something very different, and so does Paul. As Christians, we have to help one another grow up. It's the same with our fears and our hurts. For too long, we have assumed that dealing with the pain of our own lives is up to each individual, and it's our own responsibility. Well, forget it. We believe that, we can believe that all we want, but our faith tells us something very different. We are created for community. And as Christians, we have to help heal one another's pain. It's one of the things that I love most about Paul's letters and this letter to the Thessalonians, all of his letters, his unrelenting compassion for our maturity, our growing up. It has been his mission for us to grow up in Christ, his dogged way of kicking us in the pants, his crushing in-your-face evangelism, that will stop at nothing until we can shout from the rooftops that Jesus is Lord. I have to be really honest with you, though. It's at this point that Paul usually loses me. <laughs> Paul's letters seem to be unrelenting. See, in preparation for a sermon, when we preach, of course, I studied and researched 1 Thessalonians, but then I also have to do 2 Thessalonians. And while you're at it, if you're trying to interpret the word of God and to preach in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, then I move to Romans and also examples in 2 Corinthians. In all Paul's letters, he writes this incessant, incessant, sorry, incessant, thank you, hammering way, and each time I get lost, I just can't keep up. Ten verses of anything Paul writes, let alone ten paragraphs, is usually too much for me, and here's why. I can't keep track. He has this argument. It's like Bart, isn't it? <laughs> I won't say that I failed out of Mark Edwards' Bart class, but it was hard to keep up, as it should be. Dear Lord, be good to me. My brain is so small. <laughs> and Paul's epistles are so wide. It's not, a good it's not a good problem for a pastor. As Reformed believers, Paul is all. But I have a brain and a sensibility that's very far removed from a first century evangelist. And he's so intellectual and cerebral. He's systematic and analytical, utterly different from the way I think, I feel. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that Paul's a big part of my job and my faith, and I want to keep up. My friend Jack Lapsley once told me, don't worry, Lauren. 
Just take Paul in sentences. And in my head, I'm saying, great, thank you, sweet friend. <laughs> you who are a biblical scholar and can read the Bible in a gazillion languages, chapters at a time, sentences just seem like too much. And anyway, Paul's last name was probably Lapsley. <laughs> but I listened, and I worked it out, and let me show you what I read from today. Sentences. Phrases. That's now how I study Paul. I worked it out. And it turns out that what I really needed was to take Paul to the movies. I needed to take Paul to the cinema, not just about sentence, but about dialogue, the big screen. Let me explain. Do you ever remember being at a movie, and this is before digital filmmaking, this is, you know, some time ago, and did you ever notice that in the corner of the film, there, in the upper right corner, there would be a series of black and white dots, circles, blip, 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 blip. In the world of cinema, those are known as cue marks changeover cues, and they're printed exactly on the last frame of the celluloid of the film reel, and they're the visual prompts for the projectionist, not unlike our sound room people who can see us through a camera up there, and these cameras, and are working the cameras, not unlike them, when the projectionist sees those dots and are waiting for the signal, the two projectors in the booth that sit side by side one ends and they begin the next. Then they take the old reel off and put a new reel on. This week I learned that Paul is guiding my understanding of the Thessalonians by cues and dots. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we move from frame to frame and scene to scene and reel to reel. And it works. It's as if on cue, Paul flashes circles on the screen and we are rolled into a new view, smaller bites that move us into hope. God chooses you, we hear, we see from this text. I am proud of you, says Paul. Fear will come. God is greater than fear. Grow into Christ. Serve the living God. Cell by cell, frame by frame real by real. Oh, how the Thessalonians must have wept. Through the page of this letter comes these paragraphs, these sentences, and then these dots and cues. It's sound bites of goodness and gratitude all poured upon their scrapes and scratches like a balm to hurts and scars. Dear Lord, be good to us. Our souls are so tiny and our fears are so ginormous. And this is how God's spirit tucks us under her wing and rummages around our hearts and is both kind-hearted and relentless, tender but unyielding, warm and dogged. 
and laid right at our feet, at our feet, is this gospel medicine saying, we can do it in community, come to the community table, break the bread of courage, drink the cup of confidence, for you are not at the mercy of your fears. You are followers of the Lord, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, receive this word, this word, with joy, and this meal with gratitude. Thanks be to God.